I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the NBA's back boy, the one more thinking, what you got for me? Game day, Isaac Harris. Today is game day, Friday, the day we've been waiting for for so long. But last night, I mean, last night we had two NBA games, and... I mean, we're recording this close to midnight central time, so it's after uh, both the Jazz Pelicans game and the LA game, basically. And I, w- it was just a lot of, with with kids now and stuff. For me, I don't like I don't watch the random NBA NBA games much anymore, like all the way through. And that Jazz Pelicans game, I was just fascinated. I don't know if it was just like the first game back, and I was just <laughs> all about it. I just sat down and I watched all of it, and. I'm just happy to see basketball on my TV. It was a really interesting game. So we're t- we'll talk about that game. We'll talk about the Lakers-Clippers game as well, the battle for LA. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then we're going to preview the Rockets game a little bit as well later in the episode. And hopefully you're not listening to this after the game because we have not seen it yet because it has not occurred yet by the time <laughs> while we're recording this. So, uh, yeah, we do want to talk about that. We'll get into all that. Um, but before we do, Isaac, I want to... Mentioned Rick Carlisle did his presser today, and each day he is mentioning something from the social justice initiative. Uh, it's a different kind of like racial atrocity or racial um, moment that has happened in history. And he mentioned John Lewis, who died recently. His funeral was on uh, Thursday, right? Yeah, it was, it was Thursday. If I'm getting my days mixed up, but he, it was on Thursday. And um, John Lewis was was at MLK's side during the March on Washington in uh, in 1965. He was the youngest person to speak at that that massive you know march that we see the black and white video of Martin Luther King speaking. I think that's when he said, "I had a dream." If I'm yeah. not mistaken, that. Uh, and then John Lewis was almost beaten to death by state troopers, and it was somehow caught on camera, which is just that. When Carlisle said that today, it gave me a f- just a complete, I guess, flashback or like a deja vu type moment where it's the same stuff i mean it's just the same things over and over again where in 1965 he almost gets beaten to death by a police officer and because it's on camera then it becomes this central piece of this giant movement and the same thing with george floyd where it was just just because it was caught on video it was able to be part of this uh and so uh John Lewis became a huge part of this uh, Voting Rights Act, which prohibits racial discrimination in voting. And in 2013, the Supreme Court decision uh, invalidated some parts of that bill. And so recently, the Senate has renamed it the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And Obama talked about it a lot at John Lewis's funeral about his legacy and things like that. And so Carlisle brought that up today. And I thought that that we should um, give it some mention as well, because I think that it's an important thing. I think that John Lewis's legacy is important, and uh, we also want you to know that that Mavericks players and coaches they're still aware of this. We hear a lot from you know LeBron. We saw the players, uh, the Jazz, the Pelicans, the Clippers, and the Lakers all knelt for the national anthem. Uh, they all had different 
you know, things written on the back of their, their jerseys. The Mavericks are going to all have equality written on the back. So this movement is still going and the players are pushing, pushing it. And so we want to continue to, you know, cover what they're doing. And this is something Carlisle's been doing pretty much every day uh, that he's been in the bubble every day, at least that he has a, um, you know, a presser. He talks to us and mentions something about this. Yeah, it's all about using the platform. I mean, we've seen players uh, use even their shoes. Donovan Mitchell um, talking about uh, his shoes that he he broke out to begin the game today. Um, a lot of the there was pregame uh, video, like um, I want to say not montages. I don't know what the but tributes. The I Meek guess. Mill video. Yeah, man, that Meek Mill video got me in my feelings a little man. bit. The one um, there was a different one before the Clippers Lakers game. I had a bunch of players talking, and uh, yeah, I mean, there are, it, it's about keeping uh, the movement going, using the platform, and and even on the smallest, of, I say smallest of scales of like we've mentioned before, Rick Carlisle using the beginning of his media session every single day, which you know it's just us media reporters and stuff in a, in a Zoom call, and he breaks out the calendar and talks about a lot of these different things and uh stuff that he doesn't have to do but yeah and, and i'm looking forward to these maverick jerseys too man i i honestly really want to buy one <laughs> i think uh you know the the team account tweeted out a video today uh just uh it was maxi and dwight uh, kind of talking uh with some b-roll footage of of the jerseys and stuff and uh it, it looks it looks really cool i think and i hope the nba does fi- i don't know for sure but i hope the nba does figure out a way to put these jerseys on sale with proceeds going to you know towards something with the movement so i i would yeah because I, I would definitely want to buy one absolutely absolutely so okay let's get into uh, a little bit of what happened in some of these games we want to talk about them and then we'll obviously preview the mavericks rockets game that's happening tonight jazz pelicans uh, the Pelicans came out, or the, the Jazz came out pretty early and took took control of this game, and then they ceded control towards the end of the first quarter, into the second quarter, and the Pelicans were just, I mean, they were winning pretty much the whole game, and uh, the Jazz came back and ended up winning at the end. They won by two on a you know last second Donovan Mitchell like drive and dish to Rudy Gobert, and then a missed shot nice by Brandon play. Ingram at the end to end it. It was a really great play by Donovich. Probably the only good play he made in this game. It was a really rough game overall for a lot of people, but specifically for him. Um, men- notable, mentionable things, I guess, in this game. Zion Williamson play- started. He started the game. He, he came back. He cleared quarantine and everything. The Zion rules were in effect. He was able to, to clear quarantine. He played 15 minutes and 10 seconds. In that, he scored 13 points. He didn't grab a rebound, which is actually hmm. probably... Is that the only time he's ever not grabbed a rebound? Probably. Uh, Probably. But he didn't grab a rebound. It was just just played 15 minutes. And that was so strange because he's had all this time. He's had this whole quarantine. Uh, he's had this whole, you know, NBA stoppage four months to be able to get in shape or get in, uh, you know, to heal or whatever they're holding him back from. And after the game, Alvin Gentry said that the medical team uh, gave them a certain amount of minutes. And this is not new. This is something that has happened since the very beginning of Zion's career. Even back to the, I remember in the preseason, they were talking about how much Zion's going to play. And that there's this medical staff that's not necessarily the training staff for the Pelicans, but like this separate sort of medical staff that gives them basically a set limit. Okay, he can only play this amount of minutes. And Alvin Gentry, the coach of the Pelicans, has to stick with that very specifically. And they're still doing that and only playing him in these short three or four minute stints. And it 
that was just the most interesting part of this game, even though the Pelicans ended up losing. That's the most interesting part of this game to me. Yeah, I mean, if you're on uh, Twitter, you know, that was the main discussion afterwards because, you know, Pelicans, you know, before he left the game for good, the Pelicans had a decent lead there. I felt like they were leading most of the game. And as the Jazz kind of slowly took away that lead in the fourth quarter there, you know, people are like, where's Zion? At least, come on, put Zion in. It's 15 minutes. He's, you know, a lot of times you see a, a, a minute restriction, at like 20, maybe 25, but 15 minutes. I mean, come on. And uh, they never did put him back in. And it is a little weird. I think uh, I listened to uh, Windhorse Pod, I guess, yesterday. And uh, him and uh, McMahon and Jackie Mack, uh, they were all debating on what Zion's comment the other day. talking about my team, my team of whatever. And they're like, is he talking about the Pelicans or is he talking about his like team of people around him? Right. And uh, I don't know, Windhorse is kind of insinuating on this like, Who's is this like? Is there any type of uh, strained relationship there already? Of like, is there people on his side that's not one? And I don't know what's going on. It. I think it is strange. I think they there needs to be some type of answers out there for some people uh, to fully understand. And uh, but. Yeah, it kind of sucked for them because especially for the Pelicans, man, they need every game right now to stay in this hunt. And, I mean, they have to get within four games of that eight spot. And um, losing that first one, a very winnable game for them, uh, I thought that was big for them. Yeah, all these games matter, and that's what made this game fun. As you could tell, that both sides kind of need it. The Jazz are right there. Uh, They have seeding implications for these games as well. And the Pelicans, they, you know, are – what are they now? They're they're just outside or just just still inside the you know the play in tournament you know play in series window. So they have a whole lot to play for. So these have been fun games. So we'll talk about this one a little bit more. We'll get into the L A L A game. But before we do, Isaac Harris, say it with me. The NBA is back. Sports are back. The NBA is back and sports are back. That's my jingle for my bookie. I've been waiting for this day since March and now it's here and I've only got one thing on my mind. Isaac Harris, it's mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag where you can make live bets for anything up to the minute. All your favorite teams with the start of Major League Baseball just around the corner. NBA just started last night. There's never been a better time to start playing. I'm going to look up some of the odds right now. See if the Mavericks are on here. Mavericks I'll are, tell you an odd that I would like to I'd like to put a bet on is if the Mavericks face the Jazz in the first round of the playoffs, and uh, <laughs> assuming the Jazz will be the higher seed in the playoffs, I think I would uh, go to my bookie and put put a bet down on the Mavs in that. Put some money on on that. So we have the the Grizzlies Blazers game. It's happening at I think three p.m. Central Time. Maybe it's already happened, but the Blazers are three point favorite right now. So you can go and put some money down. The over under is twenty. There's two hundred and twenty four and a half. So if you think both those teams combined will score more than two hundred and you know and twenty four points, basically you do the over. If you think they're going to score less, it's going to be a lower scoring game. You do the under. I think I might take the under. It seems like both these games yesterday were low scoring. Shooting is not necessarily catching up with me, with people in the bubble. Uh, but my bookie, it's super easy. Why stop with baseball or basketball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. And in this case, that means basketball, hockey, football, all the stuff that's coming. My bookie is already accepting bets on your favorite games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting, especially if you need to make some extra money for some rent. I understand that right now. Join today. I don't recommend gambling for rent, but if you need to, my bookie is there for you. Join today and my bookie will match your deposit. 100% and they'll toss you a free 
$10 MLB future wager. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Go to my bookie, enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, get $10 free on an MLB future wager. So you just put it down on something that's going to happen in the future of Major League Baseball. And boom, if you win money, that's free money you just got right there. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. All right, Isaac, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about this game. So there was talk all stoppage about Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, this whole dynamic. Did you see anything in this game that maybe changed your opinion about the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert dynamic, or maybe you didn't see anything? Not really changed my opinion. I, I think uh, there was some irony in it and the fact that, um, you know, they were at the center of that when everything uh, stopped playing, Rudy Gobert and everything, and he scored the first uh, basket of the game. <laughs> and, and the last uh, one. Yeah, and he essentially won the game for the Jazz with those two free throws, uh, that it, clutch free throws at the end of the game. So I thought that was kind of – and the last, you know, actual play of the game for the Jazz – was that incredible drive by Mitchell and, you know, dish to go pair there at the rim. It's like all the two guys. It was like, this is a storyline. I mean, if you're a beat writer for the Jazz, here you go. It, it just wrote itself for you, basically. But <laughs> The synergy. Um, but, I, I mean, I couldn't help to watch this game and just picture the future. And I see this Pelicans team, if they had Zion out there the whole time, you, you just can't help to say, dang, could, could go bear, like, keep up with that. And... I just wonder, yeah, I think it, I think it's a matter of time until Gobert is off that team and they kind of try to re- rebuild that. But in a way, I look at, are the Pelicans closer to like a great value Warriors than the Hawks? You know, the Hawks like really came out. <laughs> they want to be Warriors like, East. Yeah, it's like in the Warriors, were, I mean, the Hawks were like pretty open about that or at least their GM. And it's like, you look at the Pelicans, it's like, all right, like Zion, you know, playing that like small ball five Draymond Green role, Brandon Ingram, everybody tries to make the KD stuff. KD even like shouting him out during the game tonight. And Four teams, course, a different breed. Yeah, like Trey Young or something. Uh, somebody, I thought I think it was Trey Young, did the Spider-Man meme for Brandon Ingram or whatever, and uh, they just don't have Steph and Clay. But, but Drew Holiday is really, really dang good. But I, I think the big I, – I tweeted out during the game, I said – you know, right now the Jazz are in the fourth spot in the West. I'll take it a step further, further past my tweet. Is there anybody that the that the Jazz would would match up with in the first round and they would be favored? Maybe the Thunder, just because of public perception, right? Because the Thunder yeah. have kind of been this underdog team, and maybe more people would take the Jazz because they've been in the news more. But I don't think so. I mean, not the Mavericks, not the well, maybe the Mavericks too because of public perception, young up and coming team. See, I, would I don't think they I don't think they're favorite of the Rockets three. or the Nuggets. For sure. Or the yeah, Clippers if it losing, came to that. Them losing Bognatovich, I think yeah, I think it's big for them. So, uh I know I tweeted that out and I just asked would they be favored of the Mavericks and Rockets and somebody was like, "Oh, this is a stupid question." And all this stuff and but I I mean, you just don't see it every day. It's not like a guaranteed every day that the higher seed will just be um not favored in these matchups, but if the Mavericks do match up with the Jazz, I would be um happier with feeling that good we would definitely be feeling yes. good for sure and that team wasn't deep anyway they had to bring it they had to trade two second round picks to get jordan clarkson to bring him in he's and played he, well for him and he's played well he revitalized their bench they had no bench you know david Locke would always say the jazz are like 
you know, incredible starting lineup. And then as soon as they go to their bench, that's where they lose games. But the Jordan Clarkson kind of changed that for them and taking away Bogdanovich, like completely ruined their depth at that point. And so they're back to running these lineups. So when they, ha- when they don't have Mitchell or Gobert on the floor, they're just, I mean, <laughs> it's just completely useless to try and play and try and score. But, um, so yeah, that game, that, that was interesting. Brandon Ingram, at the very beginning of the game came out and everyone was like, Oh, he's the, he's the next superstar. Is he this? And we're saying all these hyperboles. And then the second half, he went like two of seven and <laughs> didn't play well at all. Missed that shot at the very end. Uh, it's funny. It was funny just to watch on Twitter as people like hyped him up, hyped him up, hyped him up, hyped him up, and then tore him all the way back down <laughs> towards the, he's having the a end great, of the game. Great year. Guys, uh, he only finished a minus not, one. We had 23 points, eight boards. He's not most improved player. Just, just letting y'all know, Luca, Luca is the most improved player. It's not Brandon Ingram. Uh, I do like Brandon Ingram, and I think they should not. They they should do everything they can to to keep the Ingram Zion pairing. I think that could work, and uh, I I like that pairing together. But um, I think he did finish the game what seven of twenty zero assist. But sure, let's hype him. I'm with you. I think the Ingram Zion pick and roll with with you know three other shooters on the floor. That's the future right yeah. there. If Lonzo could become a solid you know catch and shoot sh- three point shooter, which he has been you know at several points in his career, but not altogether. Josh Hart kind of Drew Holiday for sure. JJ Redick was like, is JJ Redick the best version of JJ Redick that he's ever been? Right? Like, is he he's not declining yet, and he's like 36. Yes, I remember him so vividly in college. And how much he was hated in college, and I, I bet looked you it do. Up. I, oh, yeah, I hated him in college. But I looked it up. Seniors in high school, right now, were born the same year that he was a freshman in college at Duke. <laughs> so they don't even know. It's fascinating to think about. I'm like, I can't even like that. It just there's just something about that that's like so strange because I just yeah, that just shows you where we're it's at. Called right aging. <laughs> oh man all right so that was the the jazz pelicans game now the uh so the implications are the jazz are now game back from the nuggets two games back from the clippers for the two spot that's that's a tighter race than we really gave it credit for for most of this you know seating term especially with the clippers losing to the lakers in this game uh and so and then now the pelicans have moved they were tied with the blazers and the kings for you know they, i think they were three and a half games back now they're four games back so they're still in that window but the Blazers and the Kings are both ahead of them in the standings because of their record right now so they have some ground to make up already you know to be able to get to that play in tournament and uh, Adam Silver is sweating (laughs) sweating underneath his arms right now after that Pelicans loss Uh, okay we want to talk about LA LA a little bit Nick has a has a smirk on his face as he's like, "Hey, you want to talk about the Lakers win?" <laughs> <laughs> I did not feel good about it. I did not feel good as as a Lakers fan. I did not feel good about it. I I'm very concerned. The, the Clippers were without Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, which you know, it's not just that they were missing twenty points each. They were, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different things that go into that. But uh, I was not feeling good about the. <laughs> this win at all uh at certain times i was like oh the clippers are definitely winning this game especially in that third quarter but uh the one good thing i took from this game is that both these teams really wanted it and i think if we ever get this series i think it's gonna be a dang good series uh they're really gonna go at each other there was some back and forth there was there was no love lost between 
the pair of Kawhi and Paul George and LeBron, which is hilarious because at certain points during certain off seasons, you thought that all, any or all of those guys could be teammates at, at one point, and now they're playing against each other and they're just at each other, you know, every single possession. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, PG had uh, an incredible first half. I thought he turned it on. You're like, dang, like PG, Kawhi. Then AD had his third quarter run, and AD's just insane, especially when he's hitting threes, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, even the last – I mean, Kawhi has no fear of LeBron, and he shouldn't. I mean, he shouldn't fear LeBron. I mean, I think Kawhi's the best overall player in the league right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just – I went into this game without Lou Will, without uh, Montrezl Harrell, thinking that the Lakers would win this game by like 10 to 15, somewhere through there. Uh, Clippers stuck around. You have to ask yourself, like, how many how many of these Clippers players are actually going to play in a playoff series? Uh, they're rolling these. I mean, that one guy, I didn't even know who one of those guys were playing that was playing for the Clippers out there. He hit a three in the corner and everything. Uh, but Jamichael Green getting big minutes for him. Pat Beverly seemed like he was on a minute restriction. But, yeah, the biggest takeaway of everything, that both teams wanted it so bad, it was a lot of fun to watch. Honestly, both games were, like, close games to where, like, I was so happy like neither one of the games were, like, blowouts so we could, like, tune it out and stuff. Everybody watched both these games. Everybody seemed like they were so into it. I'd be really curious to see what the ratings look like for this game especially on tnt Um, those are usually big too especially when you know people tuned out after the end stop all right coming up we'll talk a little bit more about this game then we're going to preview the rockets mavericks game coming up tonight if you're listening to this on a friday first mavericks game we'll talk about it coming up but before we do isaac start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes axios today host nyla Boodoo has a team of award-winning journalists that will bring you the latest analysis and insights into the trends that shape our world subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your pods axios today all right isaac let's get into uh let's just go ahead and get into we talked enough about the the lala we'll have more of it but let's get right into the mavericks rockets game coming up the first mavericks game that actually matters rick carlisle was asked um yesterday about getting off to a good start about how the mavericks you know do the mavericks want to get off to a good start and what how is it important that was basically Dwayne Dwayne price's question and so i thought carla had a really good answer that kind of sums up where the team is at this point and how he's viewing these eight seeding games as well uh yeah listen everyone here wants to get off to a good start um you know this eight game set is is uh you know these games are all super meaningful this isn't like you know, the beginning of an 82 game season where there's a tendency for everybody to kind of ease into it you know um, every game has high meaning and uh, so you know a good start is something that, that that we would love to have and we've worked hard and we feel we've got a chance to do it um, in terms of availability yes we have uh, I believe we have 14 players that are available at this point uh, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist will be on the inactive uh, list tomorrow. Uh, We still have not gotten him enough live practice time. Um, He'll work out during the day with Pete Patton and uh, Jeremy Holsapel to, you know, get more conditioning work, get more, you know, shooting work, et cetera. Um, And we'll keep working to get him ready. The only only way that would change is if there was an issue with someone else between now and then, which – 
You never know. Uh, I guess we know what you mean. <laughs> so towards the end there, he talked about how Michael Kidd Gilchrist is not going to be available. He needs some more live practice. But if something were to happen to one of the other rotation players, he said at the end there, then Michael Kidd Gilchrist could be made available. I don't understand what's going on. In my, I don't think he's hurt anymore. Now I just think that he sucks and, and they don't want to play him. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't right? know. Like, what, I, don't, I, don't to, I don't know what to take from that. I'm not going to go hit. there. But, uh, I no, think, I'm just saying they either think that he's hurt or that he's not good and they don't want to play him, and so they're using this as a reason, right? I, I can't think of any other angle that they could take this with all the things we've heard about Michael Kidd Gilchrist since he got to the bubble. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... <laughs> I think some. <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> yeah, finish that I, thought, Isaac Harris, I, I, contributor I at maps.com. So, I think something's obviously going on. I mean, they're not. I mean, I think this is just basically Rick saying, hey, he's like break the glass emergency. Like if somebody, God forbid, test positive or something tomorrow or somebody can't play, like they're, they can at least, they could throw him in there if they had to. Uh, obviously, they're just not comfortable enough with it right now. And, even if he did dress, how many how many minutes would he actually get right now? Probably not a lot, unless you want to throw him in there over Justin. But yeah, so there you go. That that's the answer for Michael K. Gilchrist. But what I thought was interesting about that quote at the beginning is he said that uh, he said specifically that all these seeding games matter. Uh, these eight games are all super meaningful. That was his exact quote. Super super meaningful. So. They're going to take these seriously, and if it looks anything like the Jazz Pelicans and, and LA LA game, they're going to take this really seriously. Uh, we had Jackson Gatlin of Lockdown Rockets on the podcast yesterday, so if you want to hear a more in-depth version of what the Rockets are doing and all that, go listen to that podcast from yesterday. But he said the opposite for the Rockets. That the Rockets are like, it doesn't matter who we play in the playoffs. You know, we'll play anybody. We're not really looking at these games as like you know, playoff games or anything like that. We're just trying to get through them and get to the playoffs basically because the Rockets have this mentality of they, you know, Jackson asked me on the podcast. He said, do you think that if Chris Paul hadn't gotten hurt, that the Rockets would have gone to the finals and not the Warriors? And I was like, uh, no, I still think, I still think the Warriors would have won. Um, and he was like, well, but they think that's, that's what they think their team is, right? That like James Harden and them, they all think that they're all, they're up there with those teams. Right. They have that that mentality about it, and so they're gonna. I think they might overlook the Mavericks in this first game. Uh, doesn't mean that they're not gonna win. Doesn't mean they're not gonna come out and try or anything like that. But I think that if the if we're looking at who's taking this game more seriously, it's probably on the Mavericks right now from all that we heard yesterday. Yeah, and I mean this is. I mean you look back at the last time uh, these teams played. I mean Houston won by seven, but Luca. Uh, Luca didn't play in that game. KP had 35 in that game. Even looking at the the box score of who who all played in that game for the Mavericks, this is the last time that they played Houston. First off, Ryan Brokoff started. So hey, uh, this is the Ryan, one where Luca didn't play. Luca didn't play. Yeah, it was at Houston. Porzingis had 35. The starting backcourt was Ryan Brokoff and JJ Barea. And, <laughs> okay. And then Hardaway and uh, Dorian started also. Uh, Jalen Brunson and Willie both uh, got 
over 10 minutes. Brunson got 20 minutes a game. So, like, I mean, there's a handful of players there that, I mean, they're obviously they're not on the team or not with the team right now in this game. Plus, they didn't. So, you almost have to throw away what whatever happened the last time these two teams played. You almost have to just throw it away. Um, both Harden and Westbrook had over 30 that game, but still, uh, no Luka in that game. Luka versus Harden, I mean, this is just must-watch TV. I mean, I, I don't expect... <laughs> We've been talking about the Mavericks defense and how bad it's looked in the scrimmages. Well, it's probably not going to look that great on Friday night uh, tonight against the Rockets. I mean, one of the best offenses in in, in the league, and uh, I I expect. I mean, what we we joked about the over or the over under on total points in that game. What do we set it at the other day? Three. Oh. 300 what <laughs> no i forgot what we said at. I, I think we said it at like 240 or something I think we said it at 240 oh, yeah, so yeah, each team would score yeah. like 120 or something around there which i think i'm going to stick with so but the, the thing is so the mavericks are number one offense in history of the nba so far right uh the rockets are number two in the nba this year and the mavericks have the number 17 defense and the rockets have the number 16 defense they're like right there they're very similar as far as both ends of the ball and they're going to have to play against Porzingis. We talked all about that yesterday. But I wanted to bring up a couple things about the Rockets and the Mavericks offenses and how they're different statistically because they're kind of compared. Oh, Luka is in the Harden role, and then you have you know a bunch of pick and rolls and things like that. It's not necessarily the case with the Rockets. The Rockets, when they went to this small ball or what Jackson called skill ball, they changed everything. The Rockets, um, the Rockets... You know, running a pick and roll, the Mavericks run it the tenth most in the NBA. That's twenty percent of their offense is running the pick and roll, and they're also they're first in points per possessions when you know uh, a ball handler has the ball in a pick and roll, which is basically Luca. Right, Luca, Luca scores one point per possession. He has the ball in a pick and roll. Uh, the Rockets only do that ten percent of the time. They're last, dead last in the NBA. In uh, you know possessions where a ball handler is is running a pick and roll, they just don't do that anymore. They just went completely away from that. So don't expect to see a bunch of pick and rolls because Clint Capella is gone. Tyson Chandler is not going to play. NBA champion Tyson Chandler is not going to play. Mm. Um, the Rockets do though run an incredible amount of isolations, uh, double the amount of isolations that they run pick and roll. They run twenty percent of their offense is, is just straight isolation. That's number one in the NBA. Number two in the NBA. Only does it 10% of the time. And who do you think that team is? I'll just just go ahead and guess. Who do you think number two in isolations is? Think about a team with a backcourt, uh, guys that don't necessarily need uh, somebody. Portland. Portland, 10% of the time, they're number two. So the difference between number one and number two in amount of times they isolate, 20% for Houston, that's number one. 10% for Portland, that's number, that's number two. The Mavericks are 13th on that list at 6% of the time they isolate. And so there's a huge discrepancy and a huge difference between those two. Also, the Rockets, 20% of their offense comes in transition. That's third in the NBA. And the Mavericks are 28th in transition offense. That's 13% of their offense. So that's a huge difference there as well. Um, differences in just the, the amount of shots they take. The Rockets take six more shots at the rim. This is Maury Ball. And the Mavericks take six more shots in like that mid to closer to the basket range. Uh, and then the Rockets take three more shots from three per game um, overall. So that's the basic differences between this Mavericks offense and the Rockets offense. Um, so there's a ton of isolations. There's a ton of transition, which I think the Mavericks should do pretty well in. Hopefully their their communication has gotten better since the last, you know, the last three scrimmage games. But um, 
just running isolations with Harden and Russell Westbrook, and then you just have to stay on your man and try and, you know, keep him in front of you, try to get him to take a bad shot, run him, you know, funnel them to Porzingis basically so that he can get some blocks there. Hopefully he doesn't uh, over foul, but that's, that's the, that's the whole thing for the Rockets. It's so simple in what they do. And it's the same thing for the Mavericks. And they're going to target Luka Doncic. I mean, you're going to see them try to get Luka in switches, Harden and Westbrook, and try to target him. And uh, since the last time they played, they didn't have Robert Covington last time either. So right. they're probably going to roll out you know, Harden and Westbrook, Covington, P.J. Tucker, and probably start Daniel House with them. And, you know, where... Does Porzingis, you know, capitalize on the size on that? And where who does Luca guard in that? Probably Daniel House, I guess. Uh, who does Dorian take on? Does he take Harden or does he take Westbrook? And then are you putting Seth on the other? Or do they, you know, that's Seth is going to have to take one of them. Do they try some zone in it? I'll be uh, just the matchups galore in this. I am uh, super excited to watch. I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen. Guys, enjoy the game. I'm going to try to do a hot mic. We'll see how it works out with uh, some of the things hot mic change, but we'll try to do a hot mic for it. So join us there and, uh, yeah, get excited for the game. I actually want to end it on something uh, personal for me, and I just want to uh, push something for you guys to uh, put your mask on and uh, keep on doing our part with Corona stuff uh, back I guess a few days ago, uh, I woke up uh, feeling uh, symptoms of everything going on, and it was obviously scary for uh, my family and I. And we're like, "Dang!" Like, there's the the list is long of symptoms for COVID stuff. And uh, so I went yesterday, and I got tested. The testing experience uh, for COVID is uh, unbelievable. I would hear like I heard all the stuff in, in regards to, like the NBA and how the players didn't want to do the full nasal swab. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what? You know, I kind of like how bad could it be? I know, like okay. I mean, it like brought tears to my eyes like instantly. And I mean, you know when a doctor says this is gonna suck before they do it, <laughs> you know it's gonna suck because normally the doctor's like, "Oh, this will be fine." And then it hurts, and you're like, "You just lied to me." No, not this time. They didn't lie. They were just straightforward about it. And uh, my results came back negative, but I'm still showing symptoms and stuff. So by the doctor's like orders recommendations i'm under a 10-day quarantine so i'm on day three of quarantine away from my family they told me hey stay away from family because there are chances of false negative tests and everything so yeah i mean even though it came back negative i'm still showing a lot of the symptoms of it so i'm in this like 10-day quarantine away from my family it's the last thing i want to do is be away from my family they're actually going uh, out of state to stay with some family as i finish up uh, this quarantine time but I just want to say, you know, to everybody, just let's just put our mask on. I've been keeping my mask on everything. I don't know how. I mean, I, I wear my mask everywhere I go. I try not to go too many places, but it's just one of those things, man. We we have a role that we can play, and uh, I hate being away from my family right now as I'm recording this. Uh, at least I have basketball to watch. That's one thing. Uh, maybe that's the reason why I watch the Jazz and Pelicans right now. Uh, but uh but I also don't like being away from my family. And as soon as we can uh, get this thing tackled as a country, uh, the better. So uh, everybody mask up. Let's do it. You're doing something wearing a mask. I know sometimes it's sort of like voting, right? You don't really, it doesn't really feel like you're doing something, such a drop in a huge bucket, but you are really doing something. You're stopping it in its tracks. If you're wearing a mask, it's, you know, it's one of the only preventable ways to, to stop the transfer of it. So you're doing something like Isaac said, you don't want to get that nasal swab. It hurts. It made Isaac. And, and, it made Isaac cry tears that he hasn't cried since NCAA, 
since uh, UNC lost in the championship, what was that? How many times did they do that? Several. Stop it! Stop it! And, and you know, and it's another wake. <laughs> it was another wake up call for me. I mean, I've, we've my family and I've been taking it really serious and stuff. But it was another wake up call again to be in a doctor's room, hear a doctor and two nurses sit there explain to you just how serious this stuff is and how serious it is for people to wear a mask right now, and me just telling them about how I have people in my life that are like, "Hey, I ain't wearing a mask and all this stuff," and they're like, "That's the last thing that we would." we recommend right now please tell your friends to wear a mask and it was just another thing to go through the testing thing and to just hear these doctors almost like plead with me for my friends and people that they know of like hey let's like we have a job and role to do so um yeah i i just wanted to pass that along let's mask up there you go mask up enjoy the game tonight we'll be back with a full breakdown after the game so there will be a saturday pod we're just going to keep going after every single podcast you know where to come it's locked on maps we'll be there guys thanks so much for listening to locked on maps peace out boom